a friend on today's creativity chat we have Brent or we i have brendan abernathy hey everybody (laughs) (laughs) i'm envisioning like people clapping as if we're on a talk show or something well it's odd to like envision people clapping because we are roughly a thousand miles apart so are we picturing like a line of humans between us clapping and it like passes down the line? I didn't think to think like that. I was just imagining myself in like a, a studio space and seeing people outside in the audience. I'm going to imagine them lining US 29 all the way from Sandy Springs, Georgia to Washington, D.C. Where you currently are. Yes, and it's like 101 degrees. You would think that when you escape atlanta you're escaping the humidity and heat but it follows me it does follow you it follows it follows a lot of people i feel like i'm included in that a year ago we went to a concert separately like was that a year ago it was like last october almost a year ago okay i was like whoa was that in the summer that's crazy that is how we met and became friends i was talking like michael banks yes michael okay okay that makes sense you were jay chillin and I was like, hello. And you were like, hello. And then we were like, hello. Um, follow me on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's true. I tried to coerce her into following me on Spotify. This is when I was in like my major thirsty era. I don't do that anymore. Okay. Sometimes I do. I'm on Spotify. Give me your phone. I'm going to follow that myself. That is not how it happened. Yes, it is, Brendan. Conversation. You... You're making me sound like a shameless promoter. So we were talking about, I think we were talking about Johnny Swift. Maybe, I don't know, was it Lily or was Claudia there too? I think you somehow brought up Spotify because... <laughs> Because you wanted someone to follow you. <laughs> not, I, I hate this. <laughs> I'm so done. Right, I'm going to end the recording now on my end. We're talking about making your art available to people. And I think you do a really great job of that. Because a fun thing, fun fact about you is your shows are free currently. That is a fun fact for the people that attend to them. Yes. Yeah. What made you start that yeah start out with free shows so i graduated from the university of georgia in may of 2019 and set out to be a full-time musician but it's like a very confusing thing how do you make money as an artist i think and there's not a ton of guidelines for it so i had this vision of a more or less business model for my music that made the music completely free to everyone it's already free online because you get the entire music catalog in the world for like nine dollars a month right or on youtube that's not free brendan it's like the equivalent of 10 cents of the entire music catalog music's like the best bargain ever i was like well i need to put food on the table somehow but i'm also more concerned with meeting new people and impacting people than generating a revenue Mm -hmm. Um, because i'm not in art to make a fortune you know that I don't think it's the smartest way to go if that's your goal I'm Mm -hmm. in art to connect with humans and feel that like deep intimacy that I think you can share with a complete stranger through live music or through recorded music for that matter and so I wanted to make it as widely available as possible and reach as many people as possible and I'm definitely still in the process of doing that because most of the people listening to this have probably never heard of my name. <laughs> but my vision was these house shows that would be completely free. And I mean, no suggested donation, nothing. So a lot of house show models is like, hey, come see my friend play music and suggested donation is 5 or $10. But my house show model is, hey, come see this guy play music and there is no suggested donation. Like just come enjoy a night of community. And then at the end, 
um, oftentimes the host will stand up and thank me for coming. And a lot of times I'm like 500 miles from home. And so they thank me for the trip. And we basically just reflect on what the night was like. And, and then they say, like, if you want to support Brendan's journey, he accepts donations and there are t-shirts and sweatshirts back there. And I say during my set that like at the end, I'm going to be back there by the exit and I would love to meet all of you. And so everything's entirely voluntary. And it, I see it as like, I was talking about this last night with uh, one of my friends in Virginia and, and we were talking about, she was like, what is it like to live off of donations basically? And I, I had never really thought of it that way because I think of it as like a complete reliance and it definitely requires a lot of faith because I never know like if I'm going to get paid again, how much I'm going to get paid. And so that's a little mm -hmm. scary, but I think it's more worth it to make the art available to people than to like worry about my own security. I mean, in the past year, you have gone to a lot of different cities and I was just thinking about planning that like how did you go about saying hey like I'm just gonna hop around in these different cities I'm gonna call people that I know or like did you have to ask friends hey do you know anyone that lives in x city like how did that how'd you go about doing that really a lot of my story in pursuing music is that I feel like my whole life the next step has always been planned out for me and mm -hmm. then deciding to pursue art as a career is there, there are no steps it's just like the great <laughs> The great unknown. <laughs> yeah, the great mire of un unknown craziness. And uh, so I like created an Excel sheet because I was an econ student. <laughs> and it had like basically all my friends on it and it had them like where they live. And then I just reached out to them and asked them if they, a lot of them, I, I basically did it regionally. So I haven't even reached out to some of the people on this sheet. But I asked mm -hmm. them like, would you like to have a night for your friends to listen to live music for free and do you have a couch I can stay on <laughs> um and I mean I'm just blown away like my friends are amazing and they're incredibly supportive so the reception was really a lot better than I thought it would be and I'm blessed by an awesome community and because of that you know I've put 25,000 miles on my car and that's with four months of COVID so it's been it's been dope, but yeah, it's like a total nightmare planning all those shows. <laughs> it took yeah. me like three months to plan a tour that I had planned for March, April, and May. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> but I think that's cool that you're Apple. You're Apple. <laughs> what word did I just say? <laughs> uh, Apple. Apple. Uh, Apple. <laughs> you are able to kind of plan all of the aspects of the tour, which I'm seeing like musicians who have been around for a little longer have more of a crew or a team obviously they're not planning the logistics and so here you are like getting to learn every aspect of what goes into making a tour happen what have you learned through this whole process so far do you mean through like the planning of tours process or just not like even life? just planning just like being on the road for a year oh my gosh well i'm still learning a ton and i learn a lot from conversations like this so i'd love to mm -hmm. hear kind of what you've learned from being freelance for however many months. Um, how many months? That's an awkward thing to say in a podcast. So let me know how many months. It's been like in and out since I guess the beginning of this year and just a lot of time of should I actually do this mm. and then doubting it and then trying to apply for jobs and getting interviews, but then COVID happening, mm. stuff like that. So I was just telling a friend yesterday that last week it kind of hit me of, oh snap, like actually I just need to get out of my head and 
get out of this like whimsical idea of what freelancing is and actually like do it our conversation too about the whole film director thing i think that like hit me too <laughs> yeah that film director quote is crazy that's what a, a mentor yeah. in college shared that with me there was a film director he was living in la his name is kevin smith he's directed stuff we've heard of probably kevin was having like no luck he'd gone to school for film all this stuff i think all these details are right i'm basically talking about something i have like 30 percent familiarity on but the like point <laughs> of the story's there grand <laughs> and he gets on the phone with his sister he's like yeah i think i'm gonna come home it's not working out blah 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 and his sister's like are you kidding me you're quitting he's like i'm not quitting i just don't think like it's gonna work and, he, and she goes when are you gonna stop talking about being a film director and just be a film director at the time she said that to him it kind of ticked him off which i think is indicative of a lot of like of the most loving comments that our friends or family can give us at, at the moment right. it's like shut up i don't want to hear that but then when we look back on it the next morning it's like whoa that's actually so accurate and it completely changed the way he looked at his life and the way he approached every single task and he has started approaching every task as a film director would approach a task. And within a few years or something, like he got a big break and now he's famous. I'm not a big like films guy. I know you are, Kristen, yeah. so maybe you know who yeah, Kevin yeah. Smith is. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty <laughs> common name. <laughs> Bob. Bob Smith. What am I saying? Bob Johnson. <laughs> Bob, my name is Bob Johnson. <laughs> Hey, oh, Bob, if, Bob, if you're out there, don't let anybody hate on your name, man. You can be unique even with a non-unique name. We were talking about things that you've learned. What are like two, three, four things you feel like you learned? Well, that four, are... four, four steep. One thing I learned really recently is I was on a hike in Boone, North Carolina. And my friend and I were like, okay, we're going to go to the top of this peak. It, it, was, it was actually called Roan Mountain. It's in like eastern Tennessee, far eastern Tennessee. So we got to the top of that peak and it was so beautiful. And like we saw the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Blue Ridge Mountains are crazy because the mountains are blue. And like, why are the mountains blue? I have no idea. I don't know the science, but as an artist, I see it and I'm like, whoa, that's insane. And like, how do I capture that? I can't. But we look forward and there's another peak. I'm like, okay, well, let's go to that peak. And it looks like it's the top peak. So we get there and then there was another peak beyond that one. And we get to that one and there was another one beyond that one. And eventually we did get to the utmost peak of this hike but we had no idea because we couldn't see past the next tallest peak and we just kept walking and it was so enjoyable because we weren't really thinking about getting to the peak we were thinking about each step in the conversation we were having and the blue ridge mountains and the sky and the flowers and the dogs we were passing and i think that really put into an image for me one thing that i've learned this year which is that chasing a dream is like going for that next peak and then when you get there there's just another peak. And so if you're walking for the peak and not for the hike, it is insanely unfulfilling and you never get there. Because even when mm -hmm. we got to that peak, there were other peaks taller than that one around us. We just couldn't get there. It was literally impossible unless we took days, you know? And that's something that I'm learning still is that I can't put my hope in my end goal. I have to enjoy the process. I have to love every day. I have to love playing on the National Mall for five people, just like I love playing the 40 watt to 500. That's really beautiful. Yeah, I like how you described that. When I think about the scripture that says walk by faith, it doesn't say sit in faith, it says walk. So I think that's a good realization to have. The realization of that is one thing that I continually was learning in college was the interaction of, you know, so my faith is important to me for those right. listening. Um, and the idea of walking in faith is important to me. And so the 
concept of, is God a spotlight to my pathway or is he a lamp to my feet? Because he's called both a light and a lamp. And I feel like a lot of times he's operating as this lamp and maybe he gives us a vision temporarily of the light. And I think a lot of times the light is really just shining on Jesus. We know we're walking towards him and then the lamp is right at our feet. Now, if someone's not a Christian, then it's back to the idea of like, take the next step. Like the Frozen 2 idea. I love Frozen 2. I think it's one of the best Disney movies ever. I watched it. Yikes, I, what, you I still haven't seen Frozen 2 and I'm okay if I don't see Frozen 2. No, Kristen, it's so good. It's way better than the first one. Like way better. Infinitely, like it's night and day. It's an incredible plot. I went and watched it in a theater alone and laughed and wept. I did both. So basically I had friends that went to go see Frozen 2 and then an- another group went to go see a totally different movie and I was in the other group. What'd you see? Oh, we saw Richard Jewell. I don't know what that is. In it, there's a song and they say, do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. And that's like the motif of the whole movie and so Mm -hmm. even if you're listening and faith isn't your thing disney says to do it when this episode's released you are loved will have been out for at least a week so let's talk about that yes let's why that song for right now and also what was the process of writing that as well as yeah what was the process of coming to that conclusion yeah so i think i'm going to start with your second question so the writing process was i was about three, two to three months out of graduation and watching a lot of my friends move into community and houses in Atlanta and just like living the, a great, great post-grad, like classic kind of life. And meanwhile, I was living at my aunt and uncle's, um, which I really do enjoy doing. Mm. I love my aunt and uncle. They've been incredibly supportive was living there and it kind of felt like I was like stuck in a rut almost. And I was driving and I was just kind of in my head about like being alone Mm -hmm. and feeling misunderstood and feeling like I had this burden that I was carrying. And at the time I had been really like meditating on a verse in the Bible, some verses from Psalm chapter, Psalm 66, and in mm-hmm. it, uh, David, who's like a warrior dude, if you're not familiar, he like killed a guy with a slingshot. He's also the king of Israel, but he's also a songwriter. And so like I love reading David's writings because he's um, he's like a man that I should definitely strive to be like, and he's a songwriter, and so it's kind of cool. And he writes about how God placed a crushing burden on Israel's back brought them through fire and water but brought them into a land of abundance and uh, I felt like and maybe still feel like I'm in the like silver refining phase and like the burden on my back phase and that can be really difficult and tiring and exhausting you know Um, and maybe you're experiencing that too especially with like the setbacks from the coronavirus or whatever you're doing you might also feel like it's like this weight that you just can't get off and that can be exhausting and it can be incredibly isolating. And so I was thinking about all of this stuff and I pulled to the side of the road in an abandoned Hooters. It's like an imploded Hooters parking lot, Austin, Texas. And (laughs) location is important. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, uh, you told me there would be a burden to carry 
but I'd rather be married if the burden's going to be this hard. I dove off the deep end on 285, listening to All Too Well, but I was so unwell that night. Then I wrote the second verse in the bridge uh, in that same sitting, but it took me three or four months to come up with the chorus because when I wrote those verses, you know, I, I was in like the the depth of of isolation basically and, and misunderstanding and just feeling so alone. Mm-hmm. And it took me three months to realize that in loneliness, we're not really alone because everyone feels that way sometimes. We're loved. We're loved by our family. We're loved by our friends. We're loved by God. And that's something that took me a lot of, took a lot of growth for me to realize. And it took a lot of public failure and humiliation for me to realize that my value is not in that next peak like we were talking about. My value is in the process. And even if people aren't telling me they appreciate me in some way, they do. And as I, f- I actually wrote the, the chorus when I was thinking, like, what would I say to a group of Young Life kids? Because I was playing at a Young Life camp at Sharp Top Cove that weekend. And I wanted to finish the weekend as the musician. You play, like, four of your own songs. And yeah. I wanted to finish it, like, with a message that they could leave with and also with a hook that's catchy. And what came to my brain was like, you are loved. And I learned later that that's like a very like cliche Christian phrase that I, I was mm-hmm. not aware was like a thing because I'm just not into like meme culture or pop culture or anything like that. You stole it, Brendan. You stole it. Yeah, I'm whatever. Just, I'm <laughs> the message is you're working hard at what you're doing. You feel like you're getting nowhere. You feel like you're alone. You feel like you're misunderstood, but you are loved and there's hope in it. And the song kind of soars. It, it starts down and it soars and it goes through these like incredible mood changes and things drop out and things come back in and the lyrics are all complimenting that in the hooks and the melodies and everything. And so uh, if you're listening to this, please do go listen to the song. I think it will really make your body want to move and it'll it'll inspire you and it, I hope, think it will make you feel like whatever you are doing is worth it. And so that leads into this like second question and you said, the, the first question, which was why is now the time to release it? And I think why it's an important song for right now is pretty much everyone, whether they're working a job that they really care about or they're working a job that they don't really care about. At this point, everyone, most people are doing something that they find fulfillment in. The reason why I think right now this song is so relevant and important and going to meet people where we are is because as a society and at least as a generation, right, we are becoming very active in making a difference in our communities and trying to make a difference in the world, be that through climate activism or social rights activism or through a job that we think matters, like through being creative, right? We're on this talking about creativity. So whether it's one of my friends like painting little people riding down a river and selling it and that's going to go on someone's wall and bring them joy. Whether it's you creating videos that are going to bring people joy or creating videos for me that will kind of capture the emotion of what I'm doing or me writing a song or Andrew producing someone's song. Like everyone's creative in their own way, be that through something directly creative like the things I just mentioned or through finding a way to impact people through conversation. But I think we are not told thank you enough. And I think we're not celebrated for the little things and for service. And that's kind of, I don't know if you've seen it, Kristen, but like the 
movement around You Are Loved is that a lot of people are writing thank you notes or throwing parties on Zoom <laughs> for their friends that are uncelebrated. So like whether that's someone who's a COVID nurse in Nashville or a teacher or like a mom, <laughs> people are mm -hmm. being told thank you and told you are loved when a lot of times they're going unrecognized. And that's my, I'm like a big believer that you write a song in a Hooters parking lot, you record a song in Athens, Georgia, the song gets mastered in New York City, and then you release it for the whole world. And every time the song is listened to, it is rewritten and it is put in a new context. And if I can help use the song to even expand that context and kind of make a bigger difference in people's lives, that's what I'm doing this for. That's why I create is to bring people joy, to make people think, to hopefully usher people into freedom or love. And that's why I think now is a good time for it because we need those things. I like how you said, one, everyone is creative in his or her own way. And then also you hope to usher people into freedom. I think that's special. It's one thing to have that thought process in your head, but be able to tell people is really cool. So thanks, thanks for yeah. sharing. Well, I mean, yeah. you clearly do a good job of that too. You have this, how many episodes of this thing do you have? Like 15 plus. <laughs> yeah. You got past the hump. I got past the hump, Brandon. <laughs> what do you see the role of art being right now with all the social movements? I don't know. I've, mm -hmm. A lot of artists that I follow were releasing like Instagram polls saying like, is now a good time to release music? And I think it's an interesting question. Um, right. Like in the heart of very important social movements and a pandemic, other things that you can read about on the news that are bad news, but like there's right. also good news in them. What do you think the role of art is? We talked about this a little bit because for me, May and June and most of July, it's been odd. To create I'll take it back it hasn't been hard to create it has been hard to share what I'm making hmm. like I think my natural inclination is to always be making something but to actually share that and maybe ask myself too many questions as to why I'm sharing something hmm. I've always wanted to use art as a means for changing people's perspectives or encouraging them to act upon something in some way I'm still trying to figure that out too because if I'm making a podcast on creativity but like the reality is what's happening in the world like if it doesn't line up do i take a step back like i chose to do or do i continue to share about creativity so people can have a potential means of escapism but then if i'm allowing people to simply escape by the things that i make and not sit and think about what's actually happening in the world is that good or is that bad i don't know yeah i think that's the an interesting point the escapism idea because mm -hmm. i always explain like songwriting as I I use it both to dive deeply into what I'm feeling and to run away from it Ooh, I like that which relates to what you just said there was a time when video like making videos would have been both of what you just said but now I think writing would be so. of diving in uh, I think that would be both actually yeah yeah I think it's important I, I always wonder what people do who don't have like a directly creative outlet I guess they work out I guess that's, <laughs> that's why non-creatives look better than us. It's so but important to like feel community, you know, and that's one thing I think that's been interesting. You asked earlier about like lessons I've learned on the road. Mm -hmm. I've basically been alone the whole time, right? 
I don't mm. have anyone that travels around with me. I, I do. I'm not really alone because I go from like friend to friend and friend group to friend group. And I feel like I'm in like a ton of friend groups now around the country. And it's really weird and beautiful at the same time. But like lacking that constant community at the beginning was something that I worried about a lot. And I had mm. to like put things in place. I had to be very intentional about calling my closest friends and my mentors and staying on top of that. And I think it's easy to place ambition above relationship for me. And if, if you relate to that, anyone listening, like got to find that balance. Um, and ambition should never go over relationships. And we live in a world right now where you can have relationships from a long way away. So lean into that if that's your thing. Um, but I think if, if we're close by, let's go dip a chip in queso. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love me some chips and queso. That's then one. What's one of the things? What do you miss most right now from like not- movie theaters? Movie theaters. Okay. Yeah. I really just want to. I was actually. <laughs> one of my last thoughts last night was, oh man, I'm like, let me just envision what it's like to sit in a movie theater seat. <laughs> Are you like extra butter popcorn girl? I'm a sneaker dried mango slices into the movie theater gal. Oh, sneak them in. Abs- amen to that. Mm-hmm. Brayden, thank you so much for being on today's creativity chat. I will link your social, your website, as well as you are loved in the show notes. And I hope everyone takes a listen because truly like this is my favorite song that I've heard of yours. And also I feel special because I got to hear it early. So. Did, yeah and uh from me to you listener friend we're loved and make it today baby that was so cliche i love it i love good cliche oh dear bye